Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys in a Mic show. Indeed, it is the TalkZone.com, your 24-7 conduit to outstanding talk conversation here on the Internet. David Olson produced today. It's the big dog and the coach. That's the two guys. And I'm sitting right in front of the microphone right now. The big dog will be checking in for we never know what telecommunicated device he'll be doing. But uh, baseball races today, the wild card races, we've kind of gone football intensive on Monday and Tuesday. So I want to get back into baseball, some great wild card races and division races going on as we heat up here heading towards the middle of September. We'll get into a little uh, college football for sure. Bear, Packer tomorrow. Not enough prep for me, David Olson. I don't like these Thursday night games, especially when it's Bear Pack. I need a full seven days. I need all 156 hours, however many it is, to, to prep up for this baby, but it's sneaking up on a bear packer. Tomorrow, we will talk about that and mucho, mucho mas, here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show. A little bit of music, and then we'll kick this particular show off. But David, real quick, before the big dog checks in, I have an idea. This occurred to me at approximately 7.43 this morning. Second cup of coffee midway through the arts and entertainment section of the Tribune. Not that anybody cares. Okay, all right. Now, David, David's talking to the big dog here. But I think this, this could go. But I'm going to need a social media guy to help me out here. I'm right. going to need a social media guy to help me out here. But before we get into the baseball races... And uh, and I will welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. I got an idea, David Olson, that I need your social media expertise. Okay. People are, and we're not going to take political sides here, but people are already sick and are going to be much, much, much more sick of the negative advertising. And we are also sick of the fact so much money goes into the advertising when this money could be used, uh, you know, maybe to pay some school teachers so we can get back in school. So here's what I would like to do, and I think maybe our show could gain some popularity from it. Start a website, uh, skip it, or scratch it, or turn it. we got to come up with a different name. But we're going to start a thing for like a month. Whenever you see or hear a commercial, political commercial on TV or radio, switch it. That's what we're going to call it. Switch it. You We immediately switch the channel so as to make... All the advertise. Obviously, everybody's not going to do it, but if we can get some, I think people would buy into this. Get a catchy name, maybe switch it's it, maybe not. But we start a national campaign, and uh, hey, as soon as you hear a commercial on the radio, TV, it doesn't matter what political thing you are, it's wasted money. Switch it. So two years from now, four years from now, all that money won't be wasted. We're, we are telling the politicians we aren't going to listen. We'll watch a debate. We'll read your position pick, but we're not going to listen to the crappy commercials. Your thought. Well, if you're talking to me or or David Olson, I, I, I just want to let you know that. Didn't I about a month ago say this is going to be the ugliest campaign ever? And you were like, no, it's yeah. not. It will be. No, no, no. I said, no, no, no. I, I completely agreed. Well, what do you think of the switch it idea? Wouldn't wouldn't people buy into that, Big Dog? 
Yeah, I, I think they would. And if I didn't work, basically, from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I'd help you with the social media thing. I, you know, I looked at my This Year Man stuff. I've lost followers. I've lost 25 in the last month. Yeah. I haven't been tweeting. I keep gaining, but people keep dropping off, too. I, I can't quite figure the whole that concept out. But, David, also, what do you do? You start a site? How do you get that kicked? First of all, and feel free. Now, we've known each other for a couple of years. You know, if it's not a good idea, let me know. As we discuss business, so are we on the air yet or not? We are. I, I, I think, it's, I, I think it's a good idea, but I, I don't think it's going to change anything. So you don't think there's a chance? No, people could just, pick if, up on if, it. If things if things hit huge for this, you get a hundred thousand followers. That's what I'm talking about. Be, and that would be about one out of every ten thousand people who vote in America. Well, but think about the pub for the show, big dog. Not to be oh, selfish geez, well, or anything. That's fine with me. Whatever gets us publicity, I yeah. will do. Switch. Including, uh, including take an electric cattle prod and shove it right up your rectum. <laughs> That's a little more direct than my campaign, but I'm I'm picturing the Switch It campaign gaining notoriety, and you know you being interviewed on a uh, you know national Today Show, one of the morning shows, Good Morning America, Joel Radwanski. Underneath it, it has a host, two guys at a mic show. That that would not be bad pub for the show. Come on, I, the, I, it wouldn't be bad whatsoever, Coach. It wouldn't be bad. Big Dog on Good Morning America. Boy, that'd be a... Or how about on, uh, what's it called, The Morning Joe with Joe Scarsborough? Whatever one that does not have Ann Curry on would be the <laughs> one you'd want me on. Yeah. If I was on the one with Ann Curry, I would just sit there and just stare at her legs for about five hours. News news release, Ann Curry uh, lost her job about a month ago. Because all she had was the miniskirts, right? That's all she had. Yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I, I saw her going away speech, and I felt awfully bad for her. I never really watched the show. I didn't really know who Ann Curry was, but I think she was actually pretty good and well-meaning. It just did not click. The ratings weren't good. And um, now that I know she wore short skirts, I'm sorry I didn't watch more often. No, uh, wasn't she was like there for like five years, and then they realized the ratings weren't clicking. I don't think it was five. Couple. Oh, okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was. Yeah. But. I don't know what was wrong with All her. Right. Hey, speaking of which, what do you think? And by the way, I'm not done with the Switch It campaign. I think there's some potential here. I'm not feeling the love and enthusiasm from a big dog, from a David Olson, but I'll find somebody. No, people have too much political vent. They, some people have split no, one. No, I'm talking about the, the, the common yahoos like you and me. We'll pick up on that. Don't, don't you think there is a sentiment out there from the average person that, oh, we're sick of it. There, I mean, I, I, I don't even have to ask the question. There is. And don't you think Switch It would connect with some people? It, uh, coach, it would. It would. All right. I would get on it. Seriously. Okay. And, and in October, when I have uh, a little bit more than an hour a day, which is spent with you on this radio show, mm-hmm. I, I'll be more than happy to get All involved right. in it. All right. I might not wait that long because someone could steal the idea. But uh, the other thing I was going to bring up, did you see, speaking of talk show hosts, that uh, and again, I don't watch the show, but I guess it used to be the Regis Philbin show. But Kelly Ripa, what, what show is? But anyhow, Kelly Ripa, they had a national search for her co-host, and they ended out choosing ex-New York Giant defensive end NFL Today superstar Michael Strahan enters the talk show world in a coveted position. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. The idea that Michael Strahan would replace one of the greatest television personalities ever. Yep. Might be the most shocking. Whether you like Regis Philbin or not, the man was 
beloved by a niche in this in this uh, country. Beloved, Coach. And I'm not talking about, like, for five years. We're talking decades, for 40 years. That, that's I'm absolutely shocked that Michael – I had no idea. That's incredible. From what that's I heard, the uh, – I don't know. What, what is it? NBC? I don't even know the name. of. It's not called the Regis it's Philbin Show is. anymore. It was it was live it was live with Regis and Kelly. Okay. Now it's yeah, live with Kelly and Michael. Okay. And apparently they brought you know Strahan when they brought him in to give him a shot, but he was like a distant outsider, last second uh, possibility, big dog, and he completely shocked the live with Regis or live with Kelly crowd and uh, became a, a underdog winner. But he he literally and figuratively carried Kelly Repo off the stage. Uh, what happened? What oh, he did? He picked her up and carried her. I think uh, they, yes. I'm I'm sure Mister Ripple wasn't so happy about that. But what's he going to do to a, a Super Bowl winning defensive end? Very difficult to argue with. Yes. Hey, here's exactly what's going to happen, Coach. Um, the guy isn't uh, like he isn't a bump on the log. He's actually decent. He's pretty personable. The guy that they really want is still under contract for another television show for a year. So who's that? They get the, I don't know. Whoever they really want to hire is still under contract somewhere. They don't mm-hmm. want to buy him out. So they're going to get a one-year bump with Michael Strahan, and then Michael Strahan's going to walk away, walk away, quote, unquote, because uh, he didn't realize the stress and demands of the job, and then okay. they're going to get the guy that they want a year from now. Interesting. That, that's that's the television coach. Talking a little television with the big dog, Joe Radwanski, who doesn't watch that much TV, which is why I'd like to hear your opinion. Your thoughts on John Gruden and his new courtroom show, Judge John Gruden. He judges whether or not like the quarterbacks are uh, doing the job properly. Is that is that true? Did you did you see the thing on Real Sports act- on him a couple weeks ago? No. By the way, uh, uh, no. He's got he's got like tape libraries, and I guess like all these quarterbacks go to him for for coaching. Like even like even guys like Peyton Manning on their level. He's become the quarterback guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they have something called on ESPN. Camp Gruden, and when I go back to Aurora because uh, and go back to my winter home, I'll, I'll watch a lot more television <laughs> than I do during like from April first, uh, November first, Coach. Yeah, and I, they used to Camp Gruden quarterback uh, camp, and they would have all these guys. That doesn't surprise me. Just the way he talks and the mm-hmm. way he references and stuff. Yep. Uh, you know what, uh, David? I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that that is that library that you're talking about isn't just for show. That is, I mean, he is. The quarterback guru, unlike anybody I've ever heard, it's it's. I love watching those things. I, I think I could play quarterback right now just by watching those some of those Cam Gruden things. It's pretty cool how he talks to those guys. Nothing like a I little mean, little bit of film breakdown with a uh, Judge John Gruden. Awfully it, good. It, uh, I was we had that film breakdown with uh, Pete Fentoli when I was in high school. Trust me, it's a lot more fun watching somebody else get critiqued on film. Than uh-huh. yourself getting critiqued on film with uh, with a guy that only expects perfection. Yes. In that system. Yes. Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up. And by the way, I want to get back to the fact that a struggling radio talk show host now actually has two homes: the summer home and the uh, the winter home. So things must be going <laughs> much better for you. But big dog, I had this in my notes. I don't know if you're aware or not, but your high school academic institution where Pete Ventrilli used to coach now it is a young coach named John Wander. They're calling him Wonderful. Five and twenty-two in the previous three years—a downtrodden program. Are you aware? Are you aware? Film study breath. That the Downers Grove North Trojans, your academic institution, 
that you graduated from is now 3-0 and to start the 2012 season? Uh, Coach, I just want to let you know something, that there's a few things that I do every single Saturday morning. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's unfortunate that we basically are living with Lily the Lilac's parents because I don't do one of those things I typically let you do on Saturday morning. But I, I promise you this, okay? I always, for the rest of my life, I will be 97 years old. I will, won't know where I put my teeth, but on Saturday morning, the habit of me checking whether or not Downers Grove North put a whoop ass on somebody will be done. Yes, I knew they were three and zero. I want to tell you this: the idea that Downers Grove North doesn't have a winning team is repulsive to me. Let alone three years of winning two wow. and three games. I, and I don't care if anybody says, "Well, they're in the West Suburban Silver Conference." It's the toughest. It's either them or DuPage Valley. I don't care about the Glenbar West. I don't care about the Hinsdale Centrals. We used to kick the living crap out of those teams. So. Yes, please. It's Donald's Gold Road. And I'm not kidding you. Do you, you know the reason? One year, one year, this, this is no joke. At Donner's North, 100, and, 100 to 120 kids a year will go out for freshman football. And one year, like after X Games, I'm not kidding you, like 50 kids came off of football that year instead of 100, 120. And that particular year, the next year, only like 50 kids came out. So it was like this class of kids like, oh, you play football? You're a mongoloid. You know, get on a skateboard. I am not kidding you. That happened at Donner's Grove North. And those kids are finally out of that school. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. They had a bunch of, like, idiot kids that were making fun. Oh, you play football like everybody else? What, do you want to be an All-American boy? Like some crazed generation. One, one year went through that school. Now those kids are finally out. And now we have regular football programs. Chris Walker was telling me about it. He coached there, and he said, what, it makes you puke, Redwanski, about how, like, football players are being made fun of because they play football at Downers Grove North. That's no longer happening anymore. So it's the, funny you bring that up, Coach. The cancer has been released. Interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, you, you, know you don't I get... Don't know, I, I, no one should be made fun of. Whether you're a skateboarder or not a skateboarder, a guy that plays the trumpet in the band, or somebody that just wants to go to school and get an education. The idea, oh, you're, well, you're going to try to be like the All-American kid and everybody else, that's... Can you believe that? How often do you ever hear the football players as the butt of jokes? That's, 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 from an, or that's from a school that did not miss the playoffs from when I was there. It was the first year they ever went all the way up until four years ago, Coach. They did not miss the playoffs. It was like 17, 18 years in a row. Mm-hmm. Five and 22, that's oof. It's that's horrific. a rough three years. At Downers Grove North. I hate to tell you, that's that's that. averaging less than two wins per year, Big Dub. That, that's a drop. No, less than three. Less than three. No, less than two. Okay. Five, they, they five. Said, you said over three years. Yeah, right? five wins. Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't do yeah. arithmetic early here on the program. You, said less than, you just said it's less than two. Yes. Five divided by three is less than two. It is. Oh, my God. So that's horrible. <laughs> it is uh, pretty pretty pitiful. But more importantly, they've turned it around under head coach John Wander. Has the uh, coach, does coach John Wander know that you're in the area? Does he know an ex-grad is doing some announcing? And have you ever um... – I'm going to tell you something. I I, uh, I I played football as a freshman at Downers Grove North. Okay? And I'm not kidding. I played football as a freshman at uh, varsity football. And Wander was there. My junior year, first day of practice, he wasn't there during the, you know, the, you know, those summer camps yep. when you're not supposed to practice, Coach you know those? Yep. Okay, well, yeah, we weren't, well, whatever. Uh, he didn't, he never showed up for those. So my junior year, 
first day of practice, he's my position coach. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I remember thinking that sucks. This guy, I don't, I really don't like the guy. And I, his father, I love, but John Wander always like treated, a, like everybody but like two or three guys on the team like crap. It was really weird. And uh, he was like, you're still on the team? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm still on the team. What do you think? Well, I'm going to quit? He's like, oh, I, I thought you were a senior last year. I didn't even tell him I was a junior. Okay, the next year he said the same thing. I'm like, you're a freaking idiot. He's like, are you serious? You haven't graduated yet. The guy was my football coach for three years and thought I was a senior all three of the years. <laughs> well, that's some, you said you were a freshman who... They moved, they moved me up to the varsity Yeah, so I, I can... Well, not if I was a direct coach, but I know for some of the fans or like if you're a, an opponent and you see this player and he's been playing since freshman year, by the time he's like a senior, it's like, are you kidding me? This guy's still in high school? But uh, no, not if he's your own coach. You're right. That that's a bit of a problem there. Well, yeah, you see, he was like the running backs and uh, DB coach. Yeah. Okay. And not the DB. He wasn't the DB. He was the assistant DB coach because Coach Kleckner was our our defensive back coach. And like so, eventually, uh, Coach Wasmer dies, and then uh, he was my coach, and then Wander took over, and I just remember, oh no, I don't think he coached me once in two years. He knew running backs. He knew what running backs and the backfield. He knew. But uh, I just, no, I'm not a big fan of John Watson. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I'm not. Right. I, uh, there's no reason for me to be. I, I got I have to admit, if you were running back, he could coach you up. He didn't teach me a damn thing the last two years I was at <laughs> down in South North. Yet he all was right. always spitting tobacco and chewing in, like ripping people all the time. He all he did was rip people. <laughs> he ends up winning a state championship, <laughs> and he won. A, he won a state championship in his in his first yeah. year after taking over for I, Steve Benzoli, I could have won a state championship with Kyle Kleckner, a quarter, uh, captaining my team. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, thank you, Coach. Yeah, thank absolutely. That kid was it was it was Garrett Edwards who was uh, yes. who was the quarterback. Yep. Kyle Kleckner was the superstar receiver. Two, two and great I players. Defensive back. Mm-hmm. Two great players. David Olson to sum up the uh, past six minutes. Uh, let's cancel the uh, invitation to Joel coming to speak for Coach Wander's team. Just... Coach, I, I'm I'm real. I cannot lie on the air. I, oh, yeah, I, Coach, he's I a great you. guy. When I, think, I tell you somebody's a great guy, I mean it. I think our, our, our fans appreciate that honesty. I'm not sure that Downers Grove North coaching staff does, but our fans absolutely do. 888-463-6748, the dog and the coach, two guys and Mike, your uh, internet source for semi-dysfunctional sports talk. We get off the sports page early and often. We started today's show about 18 minutes ago with my groundbreaking political development, which... Uh, had a little bit of cold water thrown off it, and uh, 18 minutes later, we're talking about Joel's high school football career. These are the kinds of things that happen on the two guys at a mic uh, show. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yes, Big Dog. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, I didn't mean to get there. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I started off the show, Dog, before you get on. Monday, Tuesday is all about football. We got to get it. We got to talk today, middle of the week, about some baseball races. So I want to get into that, but we are going to go a little bear packer, and I have one other stat that I forgot to bring up that maybe was the best stat of all from the Bear game uh, this past week. You know, Residue Tuesday is over. We look forward. We don't look back. But I got one stat that I forgot to bring up. I want to throw that out at you. But real quick, baseball. Yes, David. And before we move on from football, we've got another stat. It's uh, the the final tally Uh-oh. for beat the Schmoes on uh, Joel. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Put up the goose egg, my friend. Oh, boy. And Miami of Florida didn't cover against Kansas State. They got blow, They got blown out. Oh wow! It was, it was fifty-two to thirteen. All right, dog. You have it it's early. The score indicated. It is early, but you have dug yourself a hole, my friend. I haven't watched anything. I mean, nothing. So I really, I don't feel bad. Yeah, 
one and five, not a problem. A lot, there's you know, 14 weeks plus playoffs to go. Plenty of time to dig out. But, but both of us are chasing David Olson, who's six and zero oh off the break on uh, beat the Schmoes or football Friday game. There's 16 weeks to go. There you go. There you go. I like that philosophy. All right, baseball races, big dog. White Sox lose to Detroit yesterday. So the race there now, uh, the Sox lead by two games. So we got that going on. Baltimore defeated Tampa Bay yesterday. The Yanks lost to Bobby Valentine and the boys. So those two teams are tied. David Olson, I need a result on the Anaheim-Oakland game because that's a great race going on. But let's stick to the American League, big dog, right now. Uh, division races, wild card, very entertaining. And we're down, what, about three weeks left? Uh Definitely with it. That's like September uh, twenty. Uh, September thirtieth is the last day of the year because that's a Sunday this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's less than three weeks. So it is definitely uh, it's definitely crunch time right now. Anaheim is chasing. Oakland's trying to hang in. What happened in that game? Uh, Athletics won Ooh. six five. Interesting. And Jonas Despedes hit a home run. Josh Donaldson, the rookie, keeps on hitting the ball all over the place for the A's. Good team. All right, so Oakland now is leading the wild card race. They're about a half a game ahead of Baltimore slash New York. Can you believe the Orioles? I mean, I, I both we both thought you know that they've got potential this year, Big Doug. Once they started playing good, I don't think either of us thought they'd be hanging with the Yankee this late in the year. Uh, no, we did not. And uh, the guy that is leading the charge late in the year is Mark Reynolds. Oh my God, the Whiff King is making some contact lately. Over the last month of the season, he's hitting 340 with 12 homers. Mm-hmm. That's good. J.J. Hardy had a couple of homers yesterday. So they're the sign of a good team. They're getting different contributions from different people. It's been a magical year. It really has for uh, Bucky Showalter and the Baltimore Orioles. You know, it, it definitely has. And, and uh, like I keep on saying it. Yeah, they got great relief fishing, but their starters are just average. And like the whole team is like, all right, starter, just give us five innings. It will give you good defense behind you. And then after that, our, our bullpen will shut you down. Jim, Jimmy Johnson this year, though, their closer has been almost perfect, Coach. What's his name? Uh, Jim Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Okay, I've not, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched a lot of Baltimore Oriole baseball. He has 40 saves already, and has only blown mm-hmm. three. He's like, I don't know. How, it's more than 40, and has only yeah. blown three saves. And that's that's a good season. He's not a strikeout pitcher. He just lobs it up there, mm-hmm. throws strikes, and people hit the ball on the ground, and that, that defense behind him catches everything. Let us not forget, by the way, the New York Yankees have been playing pretty much the entire season without a young man by the name of Mariano Vesuchus Rivera. Vesuchus, huh? God bless you. Uh, all right, so those two teams are tied. Anaheim was two back. They're two and a half back, but they fought their way back into it, and then the, the silent majority. The team that nobody talks about with the underrated coach, Joe Madden, still hanging in there, big dog, are the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. You can't forget about them. So a great wild card race going on. Yeah, and it's going to be a great wild card day when we have both an American and National League team playing a one-game playoff to get in. So, you know, Coach, I have bashed this system many times because I don't like the inequities of, like, six divisions. I want four divisions. Uh, but I, I'm going to have to tell you, I was thinking you know, it's going to be a pretty exciting last couple of days yes. of, of, of the year, the way it's breaking down right now. Yep. Even a team like Texas, let me throw this out at you. And again, baseball fans out there are uh, taking a midweek break. A lot of people are football crazed right now. Don't want to forget about our baseball guys out there. Uh, phone lines are open if you want to check in, talk about your team, some of the races 
Big Dog and a coach right there for you. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. The Texas Rangers, Big Dog. Uh, you know, everybody just concedes the division. They're only two and a half up on Oakland. And as we've discovered from our wild card standings, that if Oakland catches fire in Texas slumps, not only could they not win the division, they're not guaranteed of making the playoffs. So everybody thinks Texas is in easy. Well, they aren't. And the angle I want to throw at you is the fact that the Rangers have to play ball in September and stay sharp because of slump could do them in. Is that going to help Texas come playoff time? Because instead of coasting in, now they're staying sharp. Uh, I'll name a couple teams. The first one, the one close to home, the 2005 White Sox cruised the whole entire year. And if anybody remembers, all of a sudden in mid-September, there was like a collapse. And I remember Ozzie Guillen panicking. And I was in New York, and I was doing like a, a, an interview with you. And I was like, this is horrible. The White Sox are going to end up choking. And then the last two weeks of the year, they had to play their butt off to make sure they stayed in the playoffs. Well, they got, that got them pretty hot because they played phenomenal baseball in the playoffs. The 06 Cardinals, they had the same thing happen to them. The, the 2011 Cardinals, it was a little different. They played bad all year and then needed to play great to get in. But, Coach, one of the, one of the typical things that happens, whoever plays extremely hot baseball in September wins the World Series. And I know the Rockies didn't do it in 2007. That team was horrible all year. They played incredible during the month of September, and next thing you know, they're playing in the World Series against uh, against the Boston Red Sox. And the Rockies were not the best team in the National League that year, but they were for the last three weeks of the, of the baseball season, if mm-hmm. you remember. There's a lot to be said about that, Coach. Mm-hmm. The Giants in 2010 did the same thing. Yeah, because if, you know, Texas has, you know, we all know they've lost the last two World Series, including last year where twice, twice they were literally one batter, maybe one pitch. Away. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they were a strike away on yeah. two different batters. So, you know, that mindset could be setting in. And if they had a big lead, I think that's what they'd be talking about in the Texas papers. Everybody, you know, the players are in the back of their minds. They're thinking about that. But I think they can thank Oakland and the competitive division races. They're not in. One slump by Texas late, and they're out of here. So I think I think that may help them psychologically. I, I think it will, too. I don't, I don't see them faltering. They're supposed to be all right. They're a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if it helps them, though, in, in the playoffs. They're, they're going to need it. Mm-hmm. All right, close. The American League is wide open with some really good teams this season. Before we move to the NL, closer to home, White Sox fans. Uh, I know you used to live within a hog's breadth of uh, U.S. Cellular Park, so you got a little little allegiance, even though you're mainly a Cubs fan. But they're two up on Detroit. Gavin Floyd, by the way, uh, off the DL on the mound tonight, taking on Max Scherzer, who's having a phenomenal season. Advantage, you would think, Detroit there, but. Tigers have been chasing White Sox all season long, Big Dog. How do you see the final three weeks playing out? Let, let's get this straight because you always confuse this fact constantly. Just because I go to more White Sox games than 99% of their fans does not mean I have any allegiance to their team. I do not like Jerry Reinsdorf. The man is a chump. <laughs> okay, let me get – can I get do, – do I don't need to be repeated again? Do I, I guess I will next year when you start calling me a, a White Sox and a Cub fan. I'm a Cub fan. I'm no other, no other, zero percent for any other team in baseball. Mm-hmm. But as this being said, the White Sox are going to win that division. And the big, uh, today's a big, big, big game for them because Gavin Floyd is pitching against Rick Porcello. And 
Gavin Floyd is supposed to be a number one or a number two starter for this team, and with injuries and just a bad season, it hasn't. But all that can be erased with a couple good September starts, can it, Coach? Can indeed, and I believe Gavin Floyd has had pretty good success in the past against the Detroit Tiger. I'm not sure if that means anything, but he's been pretty good against him in recent years. And, and Cabrera, too, by the way. Miguel Cabrera, he, like, dominates Miguel Cabrera. That's his, that doesn't normally happen for anybody. And, and Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera has a real good chance of being the American League MVP yep. if Mike Trout doesn't steal a bunch of, like, just, like, cute votes. Like, oh, yep. isn't it cute that he's a rookie and playing so well? Popped another one out yesterday. 36 home runs for uh, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, and, and, I mean, I know he's got protection, but, man, that guy can flat-out hit, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yep, if you uh, if you gap protect for him, like the Bears do for Cutler, if you give Cabrera protection, he will produce for you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. By the way, Doug Fister was the winner yesterday. And as a side note, Francisco Liriano, uh, who the White Sox picked up, that hasn't worked out all that well. He came, he's, he's in relief now, not even starting. And he came in in relief yesterday and got bounced around for a couple of rounds, a couple why, of runs. Why, why takes, haven't they learned their lesson yet? He's done. You know, I understand. We know we know you talked about. We talked about why they picked it up, and you were right when you said, "Hey, the guy has a great arm. Maybe the change of scenery will do him good." It's been enough starts. It's been enough appearances to realize the guy's done as a major league baseball player. Okay, that wow. I can see the Cubs trying to say, "Hey, you know what? Let's see if Lerner has got something left in his arm." There's there's 15 teams in baseball still in the pennant race that couldn't throw uh, Liriano out there with a, and legitimately say, hey, we want to win a game today. Mm-hmm. When you say he's done, by the way, he's still a young guy, right? Like 26? Yeah, I would say, well, who knows, because he was from the Dominican, so we'll say 29. Really? Because I thought when he was when he was dancing those pitches around batters in the American League, particularly the White Sox, I thought he was like a 19-year-old kid, and that was not. So, yeah, you, they said he was like 21 back then, and that was 07, okay, and... 07. All I can okay. say, Coach, is 06 and 07 were his great years. Yep. And he's had nothing but arm trouble ever since. Yep. I'm not ripping the guy. He's a better major league pitcher than I'll ever be. But in a pennant race, by now, you, you can't throw a guy like that into the pennant race. If this was if this was April or May and you're hoping the guy can give you a season, I, I understand it. You cannot test anybody out. But, and it's just dumb. It's Come on, guys. The White Sox should be smarter than this. Mm-hmm. All right. Cinemax Cindy, by the way, emailing in. Please ask Joel. She says she shut down a few guys before in her past, but she wants to know your thoughts on this relatively new concept of shutting down pitchers. Uh, obviously, Strasburg from Washington as we move to the National League, the most obvious case. The Cubs did it with Jeff Samarja. Cincinnati Reds are doing it temporarily. With the Raldus Chapman, who's losing a little bit of something off the fastball, what do you think, Big Dog, about shutting down these pitchers uh, late in the year before the pennant races are over? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it's just absolutely asinine. I, I, I do think it's asinine. I, I understand the Cubs shutting down Samarja, and I understand Raldus Chapman being shut down for a week. The reason why the Nationals are in the playoffs are because of Steven Strasburg. And if you decided to put 160 uh like inning limit on Steven Strasburg, maybe you should have done something a little different. Maybe they should have. You know, they've got somebody keeping track of every single thing that ever happens in a baseball game. You know this, Coach. Yep. So why can't they just, the Washington uh, Nationals, just have one guy keeping track of how many pitchers Steven Strasburg throws under duress? Because when you throw seven innings 
and you win eight to one, and that seems to happen a lot. And you weren't behind any batters. You didn't walk people. Blah blah. You didn't throw any pitches under dress. Those seven innings are like uh, when Steve Traxel used to, you know, pitch fifty innings. It's it's just it's just totally different. If, if you understand what I'm getting at, and I, I don't think. And, and the whole point is this: the guy is healthy. Says his arm is strong. His last start, he looked great. Okay. Well, what's more important, rest and making sure that your number one $50 million investment is uh, is okay, or their $50 million investment gets to pitch in the playoffs where it actually matters. Oh, and by the way, not only does he get the pitch in the playoffs, he also gets that experience. Well, next year they're going to have this superstar pitcher who's on a playoff team that has no idea what it's like to pitch in the playoffs. The Steven Strasburg case makes no sense. The way the White Sox are handling Chris Sale is really smart. They started giving him an extra day between starts, so they, they made sure he knocked out two or three starts because they're like, hey, if, if we're going to go to the playoffs, Chris Sale is going to be the difference of us uh, of making it. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are handling Chris Sale a lot better than the Steven Strasburg case. And it's easier with a reliever along with Chapman. Let's, let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? You take him out for a couple games whenever you feel better, you're good. Well, you know, when you send your starter out there, you're expecting six, seven innings out of him. Where all the Chapman, you know, he's going to throw 12 pitches and sit back down on the bench because they were all strikes and he struck everybody out. You know, uh, Pretty? It's, I, I don't like a coach. I don't like a set. Right. You know, it's, a, it's a set number. Like 160 innings this year will save Strasburg. How do we know? You know what? I just think it's a really, really bad move by the Washington Nationals. Pretty, pretty solid baseball expertise, if I have to say so uh, myself, from backup junior varsity third baseman back in his high school days, Joel Radwanski, bringing it to you, not, uh, not uh, you know, beating around the bush, taking it right to the point. I like that, Big Dog. Very solidly exactly. done. Thank you very much. By the way, I have another. I have another as we talk National League Baseball here. Uh, David Olson, if you didn't like my switch idea, maybe you go with this one. And if not, these guys starting to piss me off over here, David. Our producer. We may have a new producer tomorrow. How about the Cubs play the? I'm trying to get my uh, my uh, brother to a baseball game before the season's over. So I'm looking at the the Cubs final homestand against the Houston Astros. Big the final regular season game is Cubs Houston 120 on Wednesday. I think it's September 20 something. What if we did a pack? 30th. Huh? The 30th? 30th is a Sunday this year. Well, no, it's a Wednesday game. Wednesday, one twenty, whatever that last week in September. Cubs and the two worst teams in baseball. What if we started a pack-the-place promotion to get everybody to come out to Wrigley and just go completely berserk? The White Sox fans would hate it. But just totally go, you know, reverse the curse on the two worst teams in baseball, pack the place, have everybody going crazy cheering for a Cub victory like it was a World Series game. Uh, you're going to be too busy trying to get people to quit watching bad uh, political advertisements. <laughs> Pack the place. One thing. You're going to spread yourself too thin, coach. Another way of getting two guys. In. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get creative and find some publicity angles, big dog. No, I like that idea. Though that that is pretty funny, especially if the Cubs have a chance to get 63 wins, which they still do, but they got to start winning at a better clip than they have been. Mm-hmm. All right. 63 wins, everyone. A 99-loss season is bad. Nowhere near as bad as a 100-loss season. We we may get a crew out there. Anybody interested in going, email us if you want to be part of the pack-the-place crowd. Cubs-Houston, final game of the season. We're going to cheer like it's 19, 
How's the song go? Like it's 19... 99. Thank you very much. Uh, 888 What? Horrific year for, uh, 1999, horrific year for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, it can happen. Once a century, we have a bad season. 888-463-6748. You can email us if you're interested in Pack the Place at Mike2GuysAOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number 2, Mike2GuysAOL.com. If it's a rainout, big dog, if the final game's rained out, we'll, we'll pack one of the bars. And cheer it up. We're going to have a party on the final regular season game. 120. Wednesday afternoon, September, whatever it might be. So you tell your boss right now, dog, you're not working that day. I'm telling you right now. Uh, tell myself, and I don't think right. that's going to happen. By the way, Cinemax Cindy emailing in wants to know if you've ever been shut down for uh, more than a month. Yes. Wow. Did you argue with management? No, that's why I was shut down for a month. <laughs> You took your punishment and uh, like a man, huh, so to speak. Uh, take your medicine. <laughs> All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four. I real quick, I, I do want to go Bear Packer, but the, the National League Wild Card, big dog. Let's take a look at it because it is just about as good as the very uh, fruitful American League races going on. Atlanta and St. Louis, the Cardinal are there again, folks. Need I remind you, the defending World Series champion St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, tied with Atlanta, the Dodgers lose again yesterday. They're a game and a half back. I'm rooting against the Dodgers. You know me. Any team that tries to buy a championship, I'm rooting against. And the Dodgers struck Pittsburgh, the Pirate. Five losses in a row, though. They get beaten by Cincy yesterday. They're sinking. Milwaukee, four and a half back. Guess who has crept into the picture, by the way? The Philadelphia Phillies. They're they're on the outside looking in, but they're they're waving their hand going, hey, don't forget about me. They're playing great baseball right now. And they and they play the Braves a bunch of time over the last couple weeks of the season. I think yeah. they got six games against them. They go like five and one and pick up four games on the on the Braves. Could happen. The Braves the Braves are going to be like, oh no, it's 2011 again, and we're going to choke. Yep. Don't forget the Braves choked last year. And this so, it's basically the same exact team since they got Chris Medlin. Have you seen Chris Medlin pitch, that coach? No. Uh, I don't think the Braves are going to choke if they could actually start him every single day of the game. It's the old, you know, we used to be uh, spawn and sane and pray for rain. With the, that's what it is right now with the with the, the Atlanta well, Braves. I hate to tell you, we just got a press release. The Atlanta Braves have announced they are shutting down Chris Medlin for the rest of the season. Are you serious? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I just because if you, oh. I just had to, I just had to drop. Steven Strasburg to pick up Chris Medlin on my fantasy team. I know right. nobody wants to hear that, but you almost made me poop my pants. <laughs> that's a money that's a money league coach. All right, got another so, email come. Oh, hey, hold on. Tigers just shut down Justin Verlander. Hold on, I'm waiting for more. Every couple of minutes now. It's good, you know, it's catching. It's starting to spread big dog. Yeah, the, the Broncos are the Broncos are gonna sit eight manning during a couple weeks during the season yep, just they're shutting them back down. injury. They're yeah. shutting them down. Yep. Maybe you know I, who knows? Chris Whitting, the general manager or commander-in-chief here at the TalkZone.com, probably planning on shutting us down in the not-too-distant future. Not a bad idea. Yeah, hopefully. I'm hoping with the thought of bringing us back, though, but there is a chance our shutdown could be permanent, Big Doug. Let's hope not. Okay. <laughs> Thank I'll you hope. very much. All right. Uh, it is Bear Packer Week, dog. Before you got on, I started to say, I don't know about you, but not crazy about Thursday night bear football. I don't mind having a game on. 
But with it's our Bears, it throws me off a little bit. And Bear Packer, I need more than three days to prepare for this, but it doesn't really matter because it's right here for us tomorrow night. Bears, Packers, Lambeau. Before uh, we get into this, you had some statistics from last week's game that the Chicago Bears is going to bear. Oh, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. And I'm not going to even comment. I I don't need any pregame. All I need is Packers and Bears on the field. I don't need one. Let me throw this out. It's like a nice, nice hot, dark cup of coffee, Big Doug. Six, I don't even, it doesn't sound right to me. But even if I'm off by one or two, it's still a beautiful thing. Six different receivers caught passes for 17 yards or more. Wow. Is that beautiful? That is beautiful. Oh. That is beautiful, and Coach. I'm all about the downfield passing yes. game, Coach. Uh, yes. If you're going to send your quarterback back uh, five, seven yards and risk a sack and an interception, throw it down the field. Yep. Stretch and, a defense. Make them cover the whole freaking field. And the the bomb is one thing, because we've had quarterbacks all the way back to, like, Vince Evans. You know, you can throw the bomb and hit that, and it's nice and it's exciting. But the downfield that you and me are talking about, is 13 yards, 17 yards, 20 yards, that nice middle-to-long-range passing game. Not the bomb, but those pass. Kind of, that is, I think, what separates good teams from the great ones. No, I was also talking about the bomb. I, I do agree. I want that I want that 15 yards over the middle where the linebacker yep. has to make sure they drop. Oh, when the linebacker drops, you can actually run the sprint draw running play. Hmm. You can have a tight end run right in front of the linebackers for an eight-yard gain at will if you can throw the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. And also, seriously, Coach, I I know you're not talking about the bomb, but when Jay Cutler goes up to the line at second and four and he realizes that there's one-on-one coverage on the outside, throw it 40 yards down the field up the sidelines so only Marshall can catch it. And if it's incomplete, it's third and three. They need to do – they never did that in the past. Right now, they got to be like, you're going to dare to cover our wide receivers outside one-on-one. We're a good enough offense to pick up a third and five. We are going to throw it 40 yards down the field. And uh, and I'm not just talking about swing it and chuck it like the, the Vince, Vince Evans you were talking about, but, yes, Coach, I want it all. I want 15, 20 yards in cuts. I want 40-yard bombs up the sideline. You know what I mean? I want to be able to fake action, fake action, play action, roll out, and just throw a bomb as far as cover can all the way down the field. The Bears' offense the last couple of years is we're going to be timing, and we're going to we're going to drop back seven yards, and we're so every single defensive player is going to know where Cutler's going to be on a on a pass play. No, none of that anymore. I want deceptiveness. I want everything in an offense, coach. Power running, draw plays, screen, bombs, fifteen yard in cuts, timing routes like Marks used to have. All of it, all of it. I just don't want a handful sprint draws and timing routes. No, Mark Marks, that don't work. Mm. I, I, the, the, honestly, Coach, wasn't it nice to watch the Bears offense and not sure what they were going to do? Yep. Kind of like guessing they're in a formation. Hey, well, what, what do you think they're going to do here? Again, we've talked about it before, the great Bear franchise, and think about the guys who've been our offensive coordinators over the years of recent. John Shoops, Terry O'Shea, Ron Turner, and Mike Martz. That's a well below average when it comes to creativity and offensive production, not up to what the Bear standards should be. No, 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 not at all. And, and you know, the Bears over the last 30, since 1963, when they won the championship, have turned into like this. We're a defensive field position, great special teams team. And there's nothing wrong with that, Coach, because that philosophy wins. It's just like in baseball, pitching and defense and situational hitting. It's really the same. 
but to be quite honest, the the, the, the White Sox, the Chicago Bears were renowned at the beginning of football of being the most cutting-edge offensive team. Yep. They were the first ones to throw a pass. They were the first ones to throw the bomb. They were the first ones to have play action. They were the first ones to do all different types of stuff offensively. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, well, we were the most innovative pro, uh, uh, team in football. Now we're going to be the least. How does that happen? How do you go from the most to the least? And George Halas was the coach when all that transpired. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about it. This was during George Halas' time as head coach. He went from being the most exciting offensive coach in football to the least exciting offensive coach in football. Mm-hmm. By the way, one other name I forgot to mention in there running the offense under Mike Ditka was Greg Landry, who was about who, as milk toast and about as and, boring as you could get. And Greg Landry replaced Danny Abramowitz. And Danny Abramowitz may have run the most simple offense in the history of the Chicago Bears. But I do remember that was like the thing, oh, it's like a high school offense. But I remember that high school offense doing everything they possibly could to win, if you remember. They used to throw bombs to golf. They used to throw in routes to McKinnon. They used to run a reverse, you know, all types of crazy stuff. So even though it was real simplistic, it kept everybody off balance. I don't care how sophisticated your offense is. I want results, Coach. I want results. I don't care if it takes the quarterback four minutes to actually say the play or if he can just say 42 at 9 on 1. Either way, just get it done. To that matter, by the way, uh, to to be perfectly fair, we did forget one a uh, very creative coach, very unsuccessful coach. I thought it was a good pickup when he came in, but boy, he was in over his head. Gary Croton was kind of a throwback to the names that I mentioned. He was creative. He was different. They took a chance with him. It didn't work, but at least he was outside the mode of boring. I still love your comment yesterday with Butkus and Buffon leaving the field when the offense comes. Hey, hold him! <laughs> <laughs> but I did forget about Gary Croton. You, right. you know, uh, uh Gary Croton, let's just remind everybody that when Gary Croton was the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears for one year, Cade McNown was their quarterback, and he was a rookie. Underrated. And so the, you know what I'm saying? Gary Croton, I, I bet you, Coach, would have been had a lot more success as a professional uh, offensive coordinator if he was here when Eric Kramer was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears as yep. opposed to Cade F. and McNown. Yeah. <laughs> You do not want to start your coaching career with Cade McNown as the uh, the quarterback leading your troops. And I use leading in the loosest sense of the term. Can you imagine? You're Gary Coden. You're like, okay, well, the most important thing you need for a quarterback is leadership. The whole team effing hates the guy. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, then he's got to be good. He's got a bad arm with no accuracy, and he's an idiot. <laughs> How the fact that he started more than one game for the Chicago Bears, I still I just shake my head. And the fact that he was – Picked in the first round. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. More importantly, Big Dub, more importantly, and again, Bear yeah. fans, you want to chime in here. Only a couple minutes left. Phone lines open. Still time to get in. Bear Packer tomorrow, 888-463-6748. If you want to give us a call, we'll get you right on. Tomorrow night, uh, we'll talk more about it uh, tomorrow, Big Dub, but your early impressions, big game uh, at Lambeau. Bears have lost four in a row. The Bear and the Packer. What are you looking for? Uh, the first thing I'm looking for is uh, I want – the Bears to keep the Packers off balance. I, the, the Packers defense cannot be able to tee off on Cutler, and that will be a huge difference. And also is this, 
this is this is finally a game that I think the Packers realize. You know, as much as I, because I've said it this week, that the Bears have done well against Aaron Rodgers. Even though they haven't won all the games, Aaron Rodgers statistically is usually really bad against the Bears. Well, some of that comes into the fact that the Packers know one thing. You put 20 points up on the Bears and their offense wouldn't be able to answer, so why risk it? You know, it, the, the, the name of the game as an NFL offensive coordinator isn't, let's see how many points we can put on the board. It's, let's win the game. That's what people have to realize. And the Packers have been good. We're, oh, you know, we just got 24. Let's just not make any mistakes. The Bears offense can't do anything. Well, guess what? The Packers can't play that way. If the Packers play that way against the Bears this week, yeah, mm-hmm. they'll have 20 points in the first half, end up with 27. Yep. The Bears left 35. Yep. You, you know, so this is the first time the Packers have ever played the Bears since uh, Bill Wade was the quarterback of the team, where they know they have to put points on the board. The Packers' defense is average, folks. Don't think it's – yes, they get, they get interceptions, they get sacks, they make big plays, and they help their offense. But I know one thing. They're going to give up a lot of points and a lot of yards to every team in the NFL this year. The Bears are going to be one of them. So guess what, Aaron Rodgers? You better be real good. You're not a game manager. I know you're mm-hmm. the best quarterback in the NFL. But when the best quarterback in the NFL coach gets to be a game manager against you, you're going to freaking lose. He can't be a game manager. He has to be the best quarterback in the league this week in order to beat the Bears. And, and that, that ability to score points that you speak of, we talked about how – Psychologically, I think it will help our defense this year, which is not dominant. You know, they have a chance to be pretty good, but I don't think they're going to be dominant uh, defense. But, Big Dog, as opposed to previous years, we talked about it yesterday, and I, and I think it's a truity. You know, they're going to go out there and play now, uh, but not with the pressure of having to make every stop. They know they can gamble a little bit. The one mistake's not going to kill them because, hey, if they get scored upon, they give up a field goal, we're going to come back, put six points right back up on you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, in, in the past, you remember, like, the Bears would be third and eight, and we'd be, you know, and, like, guys like, so like why aren't they blitzing? Why aren't they forcing the issue to try to get off the field? And, and they were afraid, hey, if we give up a big play and a touchdown, our offense won't be able to answer. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to play as conservative as we possibly can, and hopefully the other team will make a mistake. Yep. No, forget that. They, now they can play. Okay, if we make a mistake and we and they score, Cutler is going to get it to Marshall and Forte and Jeffrey and Marshall and Forte and Jeffrey. Then who knows, Earl Bennett. By the way, special teams Good. coach Dave Taub has canceled. This is pretty big news. Has canceled the tradition of the punt team huddling up when it's second down for the offense. Coach, I, I am not kidding you. <laughs> you. You think that's funny. <laughs> At McMurray College. Okay. Punt team. Our, our offense was so bad as I was a freshman. Okay? Yeah. That we, and our special teams coach was going to get fired if he ever put 10 guys on the field again like he did in the game one against Quincy. That right after the first down play, which is usually an incompletion or a four-yard loss of a, a run. Yes. And this was back when we were in college. You know, we had we have 2,000 people in the stands. You know what I mean? They're all spread out, and most and most of the people are on the hill. He was just, God damn, he'd scream at his mouth. The whole, the whole freaking stadium would hear The offense would look over and be like, shut up, we're going to get the first down. And, and we wouldn't, you know what I mean? It was just, I would walk off the field, I would it walk is. off the field, and legitimately go walk right over to the punt team coach. One play would happen, and punt team, I'm right here, I'm right here, don't worry, I'm right here. That was just my freshman year when I just played defense in the offense. It is, it is discouraging if you're on all, at least the coach could call him over a little more subtly if you're, if you're out there on offense and you hear the, 
assistant coach very vocally and very uh, defiantly screaming for his punt team together on second down. That's not exactly what you would call a confidence boost for the offense. No, no, uh, and I'm not classic. making that up. I, that's, <laughs> oh, that's good. And, you know, it was funny. It was, his name was uh, Coach Chung, Robbie Chung. Yep. He was a defensive tackle and went in college, and he only weighed like 200 pounds. He was an Asian dude. And i got to tell you something. That was one of the toughest dudes I'd ever met in my life. And he didn't know anything about football. So I'm like, you don't know anything about football, you're 200 pounds, and you played defensive tackle. Sort out tough he was. Make him a special teams coach. Yes. All right. Uh, you want to wait for tomorrow to make a prediction, or you get you got a pretty good field of bear? Coach. Could make the Packers? Uh, if, if anybody out there doesn't understand what my prediction is going to be, all I know is this. We're going to be singing Bear Down Chicago Bears at about 11 p.m. on Thursday night. Wow. Because I'm dancing up and down Michigan Avenue in, in the streets wow. of the city of Chicago, and nice. I'm not kidding. I will be dancing, screaming Bear Down Chicago Bears up and down Michigan Avenue on, that, on Thursday That would night. be a great way to start the season, no question about it. We'll preview it more tomorrow for sure, Thursday night NFL football. By the way, our guy Mark Mayotte. Who does the Notre Dame game? My favorite color announcer in all the television. He'll be doing it for the NFL Network, Big Dog. So uh, make sure you turn up the verbiage. You want to listen to, I think, the best football breakdown guy uh, in the business right now. I, I want to double that coach exactly right. That guy is flat out phenomenal. He's yep. excellent. Very good. couple of quick notes. Uh, the U.S. World Cup soccer team knocked off Jamaica. I was watching at 6 o'clock this morning. Thank you very much. one nothing victory over Jamaica. It was significant, though, because they had been upset earlier. And there was a chance, if they did not win this game, that they not, it might not qualify for the World Cup. They're still not automatically in, but it was a big win yesterday. one to nothing over a, a very defensive-minded Jamaican team. Uh, congratulations, boys. Chicago Sky, women's WNBA. Got to throw a quick kudos out to them. They're missing Sylvia Foles, their best player. She's out temporarily. They're battling for the number four playoff spot. They've never made the playoffs. Yesterday, Big Dog, they defeat the top team in the league, Minnesota, at home. At home without Sylvia Foles, and Minnesota had an 11-game win streak coming in. So uh, the kids off the bench, nice job. By the way, the Minnesota WNBA team has one of the best names in all of sports. The Lynx. They are the Lynx. Yep. Yep. Yes, David. Oh, I have a note that you may or may not have on there. Uh-oh. Who got shut down? Well, nobody. Uh, Notre oh, right. Dame is moving to the ACC. You know, I what? saw something about that. They're moving to the HCC. In, in, in what sport? In all sports wow. except for football. Uh, but okay, okay. but they will play four ACC games per year in football. Nice. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, they've been that's talking gigantic. about that for years. That's big, big duck. That's gigantic. Yeah, seriously. I gotta, we may have to let that sink in a little bit. So oh, eight, I, I, I take that back. It's going to be five games against wow. the ACC in football. So the ACC now has 17 teams in their basketball conference. Yeah, you know what? I need to take yeah, a look don't at forget it. Because... UConn, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, and who else went over to the ACC? UConn, too? I knew Syracuse. I'm losing. I'm sorry. I'm losing. Syracuse, Pittsburgh. Syracuse and Pittsburgh are definitely two of them. All I know is, uh, like, Santa Barbara is now in the Big East Conference. Yes, this is true. Yeah, which is... Uh, Texas Texas Christian is in yep. the Big East. Yep. Uh, West Virginia is in the Big 12. Unfreaking real. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we've got to take a look at that. That's big news right off the wire. Thank you very much, David Olson. I thought maybe another...
major pitcher got you know got shut down. But uh, that hasn't happened in the last ten minutes. Shocking. All right, dog. Uh, beautiful day out in the lake. You will be kayaking, I assume. I will be kayaking the Chicago River. I have an easy day today, Coach. I, I really shouldn't complain. I only got about five hours worth of work. But that's I, I work every day in the month of September. And, so. again, you'll be wearing the Water Riders T-shirt. And what color boxer shorts in case the fans want to come out and see you today? Oh, I, I, I go Speedo, Coach. With, with, they really? They call with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that for extra tips? No, I only have one tip. Oh, thank you very much. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow. A lot of Bear Packer talk tomorrow, Thursday night. NFL football coming at you. Got some baseball stuff in today. Dog, phenomenal job. Stay healthy, my friend. Have a good time on the lake. And uh, same time tomorrow, okay? It's the river. Peace out. There it is. Big Dog signing off. Don't forget, switch it. Switch it. Soon to be a national sensation. Start it on today's program. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock.